Well, good morning and welcome to the Vineyard. We're so glad that you're here with us today, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online. I'm excited because today we're going to launch in to a six-week journey where we are going to explore and study and experience the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of confusion around the Holy Spirit, who He is and what He does. And I think it's safe to say that He's probably the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, I thought it would be fun to start today off with a video clip from Alpha, which is a course that's designed to help people understand who God is. And they went around asking different people from different backgrounds with different beliefs, who is the Holy Spirit? Let's see what they had to say. Who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, it's... God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're all like a trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's, it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? Huh, I have no, I don't really have a, a lot of, I don't know. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, I don't know. Third person of the Trinity? Um, the Holy Spirit? I've never even really put much thought into that. <laughs> you know, I think if we went around our community and we asked those same questions, I think we'd get some similar responses. There's a lot of confusion about who the Holy Spirit is. And it's not just confusion among people who don't know God. A lot of Christians are also confused about the work and the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is in part because churches generally talk more about Father God and Jesus, and sometimes the Holy Spirit is more of an afterthought. He's quickly brushed over, and that can lead people to basically live their lives without knowing the fullness of who the Holy Spirit is. And then, of course, add in the confusion that when the translators took the word spirit and turned it to ghost in the New King James Version of the Bible, people then began to wonder, is the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost? Is he a ghost? Is he a being? Now, unfortunately, some of us have confusion about the Holy Spirit because we've had negative experiences with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you or someone you know was told that unless you speak in tongues, you're not really saved. Or maybe you've seen manipulation with the Holy Spirit, or you've seen too much emotionalism with the Holy Spirit. And all of this can lead to confusion about who he is and what he does. You know, recently, George Barna, who studies Christian trends, discovered that 62% of Christians in the U.S. no longer believe that the Holy Spirit is a real being. They see him simply as a symbol of God's power and presence. This is staggering to me. Almost two-thirds of Christians in the U.S. don't believe that the Holy Spirit is a real being. There's a lot of confusion about who he is. And so let me just very clearly tell you what we believe. Here at the Vineyard, we are a church that is part of a movement that believes that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity, and that includes the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And those three are co-equal and co-eternal. We believe in a triune faith, which means we believe there's one God and three persons. And each of those persons have unique roles and responsibilities, but they all work together in harmony and unity. So here at the Vineyard, we believe in the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
I know that each of us, we're on a journey. We each have a different level of understanding and comfortability. And what I wanna invite you to right now is to actually participate in this journey for the next six weeks, because we're going to study and explore who the Holy Spirit is, and we're gonna discover he's so much more than we previously knew. He has so many roles in our lives. He is the revealer. He's the empowerer. He's the teacher. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He's the partner. And we're gonna dispel some of this confusion on this journey. So I'm gonna pray, and I'm actually gonna invite him to be the teacher. And if you notice, we often do this when we start our messages, because this is one of the Holy Spirit's favorite roles. And so, Holy Spirit, (laughs) you are welcome here today. And I think you are delighted that we're taking time to study you, to know who you are. And so we say, come, have your way, give us ears to hear. God, take that confusion and break it down. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I thought it might be helpful if we first kind of look at the Holy Spirit in the Bible and we look at some of the words that are used to describe the Holy Spirit. So in scripture, the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit is ruach. Now, I I don't speak Hebrew, but it's kind of like a hairball. You know, you gotta like, you, you can do it, ruach, okay? And this word means breath, it means wind, And then in the New Testament, which is mostly written in Greek, we see the word pneuma, which again actually means breath. And so what's so interesting is that the Holy Spirit is described as breath. And of course, all of us know that breathing is completely essential for life. And so the word that is used to describe him shows us how vital his role is in our lives. Interestingly, all throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit has often very vivid descriptions. Sometimes he's described as wind and water, a dove, fire. And so it's very vivid uh, language, but it is important to realize that even though he's described as these things, he is a person. If you went to the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, you would find the Holy Spirit. And if you went to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, you would find the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing is that all throughout this book, you will find the Holy Spirit. Which is interesting because a lot of us, when we think about the Holy Spirit and we think about scripture, we think about Acts 2. We think about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all people. We will talk about that. But actually, the Holy Spirit is all throughout the Bible. What I thought would be helpful is just a small chart. This is not an exhaustive list, but I wanted to list out some of the places in the Old Testament and the New Testament where the Holy Spirit is active. I wanna encourage you, you could take a picture of this and you could later on this week, if you want to, you could look at the different places in the Bible that we see the Holy Spirit because actually he is all over the place. Genesis 1, we see that he created the material universe. You know, if you wanna see how he came on people at particular times for particular tasks, you can look at some of those things. You know, he came on Deborah in Judges 4 and 5. He came on Saul and anointed Saul king. Um, he anticipated the anointed one, the Messiah. Of course, he proph- it was prophesied that he would be experienced universally, and that's Joel 2, and that's the fulfillment of what happens in Acts 2. And then in the New Testament, we see Jesus was born of the Spirit. When we see that type of language in the New Testament, that's the Holy Spirit. It was actually by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus lived a sinless life. It's by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus did any of the miracles. It's by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus was raised from the dead. So the Holy Spirit is all throughout Scripture, 
which is really exciting. And also kind of sad, because so many people are not taught about him. And so we want to take time to discover who he really, truly is. You know, if someone would say to me, Jules, how would you describe the Holy Spirit? I would tell them this description. I absolutely love it. This book is called Hello, Holy Spirit. And yeah, it was written by my mom, Diane Lehman, one of our founding pastors. And I love how she describes him at the beginning of the book. This is on page two of her book. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is not a ghost, an impersonal force, or an elusive power out there. He is neither a doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved. He is God himself. He is one of three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. He's God's gift of himself to each of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. I love this description. So the Holy Spirit is God. He is a gift to each of us, and he is gonna make our life indescribably wonderful. This is who the Holy Spirit is. Well, today I'm gonna focus in on one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, and we are gonna look at his role as revealer. He loves to reveal. He loves to uncover. He loves to unveil what is hidden from us, what is confusing to us. You know, I I shared the world is, is terribly confused about who the Holy Spirit is. But you also know that the world is just confused about who God is in general, right? I mean, if if you talk to anyone, you know, and you say, "Well, well, who's God? You'll get a whole host of answers. And the Holy Spirit, one of his favorite jobs is to be the revealer and specifically the revealer of the real Jesus. Now, because you are on social media, you've seen the memes of the fake Jesuses that are out there right now, right? You've seen the prosperity Jesus. You've seen the theology light Jesus. You've seen the socialist Jesus. You've seen the universal Christ Jesus. Many people are trying to make Jesus in their own image. And so there is a ton of confusion about who Jesus is and what he stands for and what he actually did for us. The world is filled with confusion. And the Holy Spirit, one of his favorite jobs, is to reveal to us who Jesus actually is. Now, there is even better news because he is a revealer who's always revealing. And that means that each of us, no matter what stage we're at in our faith, can know the Holy Spirit as revealer. I wanna take a little bit of time right now and I wanna talk about one of the unique things that the Trinity what the Holy Spirit does within the Trinity. And this is gonna help us understand this role of revealer that the Holy Spirit um, has. Okay, so when we come into relationship with God, we experience something called the new birth. Now, this is confusing language to humans because we understand birth as what? What happens when you exit your mother? And, you know, if you've ever had a baby and you've like thought to yourself, how did this fit inside? There's no way I could ever get that back inside. So the idea of like, how are we going to be reborn? How are we going to have a new birth? Well, interestingly, Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to be key to this miraculous and mysterious event. 
He's gonna be actually the agent of the new birth. So when we come into relationship with Jesus, listen what happens. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. This is kind of a bold statement. Jesus says that you can't get into his kingdom without being born again, without being reborn. And the Holy Spirit is the agent of that new birth. What does that mean? Well, it actually means that the Holy Spirit is the one who draws you, who who explains things to you, who makes what was unknown known to you. So when you come into relationship with Jesus, it's actually the Holy Spirit working within you to understand that revelation. You didn't do it on your own. The Holy Spirit actually is the one who gives birth to our spiritual life. This is really good news. Why? It means that if you have said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. If you have said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. Now, that does not mean that you understand him. That does not mean that you don't have questions about him. That does not mean that you are living with the fullness and the richness that Jesus intended in your relationship with the Holy Spirit because the truth is we can ignore the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. But I wanna be clear. If you have said yes to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit already living inside you. You don't have to feel less than. The Holy Spirit has actually already revealed Jesus to you. That is one of his favorite jobs. And this is so important in a world that is so confused about who God is. It doesn't, it it totally makes sense to me that the enemy, because the world is confused about God and the Holy Spirit's job is revealer, the enemy does double time to make sure that we're even more confused about the Holy Spirit than we are about God. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal God is to show us the real Jesus, to have our eyes open to who he really is. The Holy Spirit is our revealer. Now, the good news, it keeps going, because once the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us and we come into relationship with Jesus, his job as revealer doesn't stop. Because how many of you know that it doesn't take that many days of being a Christian to know that you're still confused and you still got problems and you still got crud in your life and you still got some confusion? We do. And you know what? We have some, some thinking about who Jesus is that the Holy Spirit wants to continue to refine and change. He actually wants our mind to match with his mind. He wants us to actually understand who our Father is, who Jesus is, who we are. And so the Holy Spirit's job as revealer is he is a revealer who's always revealing. He is a revealer who's always revealing. And I love how Jesus talks about this gift in John uh, chapter 16. And this is what he uh, it says to his disciples. And let me just give you a little bit of context. So Jesus is telling his disciples, he says, listen, I'm gonna go, I have to leave. And of course, his disciples are completely freaking out and they're like, no, don't go. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we're gonna take over the world and you know, your kingdom's gonna come and everything. And Jesus is like, listen, it's gonna be good for you that I go because I'm gonna leave you a helper. 
and he is going to be an amazing gift to you. This is what Jesus says about what the Holy Spirit is going to do for his disciples. This is verse um, 13, John 16, 13. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. And that is why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. Here we just see like a beautiful picture of how the Trinity works together. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all working together. And we see that one of the Holy Spirit's main jobs is revealer. He uncovers, he unveils, he shows us what was previously unknown. And again, so important in this world that's filled with lots of confusion, lots of deception, lots of misunderstanding about who God is, who we are, what's our purpose. Did you catch there that he said that when the Spirit speaks, he'll reveal prophetically what is to come. You see, the Holy Spirit is actually our guide. He's making sense of what is to come. He shows us what the Father is doing and how we can participate. And when he does this, when the Holy Spirit shows us what the Father is doing, he's actually bringing glory to Jesus. He's actually, they're all intertwined and they're intermingled. The Holy Spirit is revealing who Jesus and the Father are to us. And he, it is so important, it's so critical in our lives as we battle confusion, as we battle um, problems and issues and, and hard circumstances. I love his nickname there, the divine encourager. The Holy Spirit takes what is Jesus's and reveals it to us. So the question is, how do we know, the, how do we know Jesus? The Holy Spirit reveals him to us. How do we know our Father? The Holy Spirit reveals him to us. In a world that is so confused, that doesn't know who it is, that is longing for deeper meaning, we know the one who reveals the truth. And the truth is Jesus. The truth is a person. And the Holy Spirit's whole job is to reveal this to us. I I love actually what Jesus is saying here in this passage is that the Holy Spirit is gonna take on Jesus's mission of showing the world who God really is. Remember, when Jesus came to earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And what the Holy Spirit is now doing for us is he's saying, hey, when you see me, you've seen my Father, you've seen the Son. He is the revealer of all of these things. And so he is a... He wants to break you out of how you have been thinking about him. He wants to set you free so that you can see him for who he really is. He's not a ghost. He's not like a non-important person uh, uh, that's part of this story of Christianity. He's so important. He is a revealer who is always revealing, and he wants to break some bad thinking off of us in the next six weeks. And he, he, wants to take, he wants to go on this journey with us. 
I wanna look at two stories, one from the Bible and one from my own life that illustrate how he is a revealer who's always revealing. And again, that initial revelation of Jesus, it's so important. And some of you today, maybe you have not had that revelation of Jesus and we want to introduce you to him. We want the Holy Spirit to show you who the true Jesus is. So I'm gonna take us to Acts 8 and that's gonna be our text for today. And we're gonna look at the person of Philip. Okay, now Philip, he's an ordinary guy, but he's faithful, okay? We meet him earlier in Acts when the apostles are preaching and, and doing many powerful miracles. And um, they're, they're realizing there's so many needs in the community, they need to delegate some of the needs to others. And so Philip is selected to run a food program. And he is selected because he is wise and he has, um, he's got great leadership and he is full of the Holy Spirit. I love this. You know, I think sometimes we like, we like make things some spiritual, some things aren't spiritual, but here we see that faithfulness is so important to God. And maybe you don't know this, but we actually have a food program. We have an amazing food pantry that serves hundreds of people every single week right down here at the Hope Center on Lincoln Avenue. And I just have to brag on that team for a moment because yes, you can clap because they are the hands and feet of Jesus and taking care of people who need food. This is important in the Bible. This is important work. And so Philip is totally committed to this. He does a great job running this program. Well, eventually they have to leave Jerusalem because of persecution and they head to Samaria. And when they get to Samaria, Philip begins to preach and he begins to pray for people. And you know what? The power of God shows up. The Holy Spirit comes and people are healed and set free and demons are cast out. And actually Acts 8.8 tells us that there was great joy in the city because of all that God was doing in their midst. And so he is killing it, okay? Peter and John even come. They lay hands on people. People are filled with the Holy Spirit. It is crazy. Well, an angel comes and says to Philip, you are supposed to go 60 miles south on the road to Gaza. And so Philip listens, he obeys, and he heads down on this road. And while he's on this road, he sees a man, a distinguished looking man in a chariot reading a scroll. And he comes to find out that this man is actually an Ethiopian eunuch, and he is the chief financial officer of Queen Candace. He's actually a really big deal. And he had come to Jerusalem because he was searching for something. He was confused. And he was reading a passage from scripture, and he could not figure it out. And I want you to see what happens when Philip partners with the Holy Spirit, the revealer. I'm gonna pick up now in Acts 8, verse 30. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I, unless someone instructs me? He urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth." The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. You see, this is a story of how Holy Spirit is a revealer. I love how the Holy Spirit is woven all throughout this story. You know, the Holy Spirit tells Philip, hey, listen, you gotta go over to that guy. 
And when he goes to, to, to the eunuch and he discovers, like, he's confused. He's able in that moment to explain to him the good news of the gospel. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit, the revealer, the agent of the new birth, he actually makes the truth of who Jesus is clear to the eunuch. And in that moment, the eunuch decides, I need to be baptized. I want to show the world that the old me is dead and now I get to rise out of the water, made new, filled with his spirit. And the only way that happens is through the Holy Spirit. He is the revealer. He takes confusion and he breaks it. And this is what he wants to do for each and every one of us. Here at Urbana, we are actually gonna have water baptisms on Sunday, October 30th, which is the end of this series. And we did that on purpose because I believe that some of you are going to have that moment where you understand, I want to make the public declaration The Holy Spirit is the revealer of Jesus. If you have come into faith with Jesus, it is because the Holy Spirit made that truth alive in you. And if you actually wanna study more about people who've had Jesus like open their eyes, read Acts 8, 9, and 10. It's chocked full of story after story of how the Holy Spirit made Jesus known to people and the result is crazy because when Jesus gets a hold of your life, everything changes. Transformation, it starts with truth and truth is a person and his name is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal this one to each of us. He is the revealer and he reveals. Now, the good news, like I've said, is it's not just a one-time thing. You don't just know Holy Spirit as revealer that first time you come into relationship with him. We know him as revealer all throughout our lives. How many of you are confused about something right now in your life? Great, I have wonderful news for you today. He wants to bring clarity where there is confusion. He wants to uncover and unveil what is previously unknown. The Holy Spirit actually wants to prophetically tell you what is to come and how you can partner with God. So I wanna tell you a story from my own life of how this has kind of worked out over the last couple of of months. You know, it's no secret that the last couple of years, has been just hard. And it's been specifically hard for me as a pastor and a church leader because a lot has changed for the church in the last couple of years. And I've talked to many of you. I know teaching has changed and educate, or, uh, health has changed and businesses have changed and people's patterns have changed. I get it. I wanna share from my own life and how this has affected me. You know, if I'm really honest, if I'm vulnerable, There's been moments that I've said to God, are you big enough, Jesus, to handle the turbulence, to handle the problems, to show us the way forward? Are you big enough, Jesus? And then in the spring, the Vineyard Movement, which is 500 churches here in the United States, reached out to Mike and I, and and they asked us, would we consider being something called a regional leader, which means that we would equip and bless and encourage the vineyard churches in five states, Indiana and Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas. And Mike and I felt like we were supposed to say yes to this, but I have high responsibility. And so, you know, as I began to hear people's stories and the the struggles of, of of the different churches and 
You know, we have much to be thankful for. I mean, yes, there's things that we want to see, but I mean, there's some churches, there's just pastors are quitting and, and we don't know if there's going to be other pastors to take their place. And there's just, there's a lot of pressure. And, and it had me thinking like, God, are you big enough to handle all these problems? Jesus, can I trust you? Well, some of you know that this past summer, I went to Israel for about two weeks, and I know I've talked about it some, and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to keep talking about it because I loved it, so you're welcome. And it was an amazing trip, and we went to some incredible places, okay? We were in the Jordan River baptizing people in the Jordan River. We were on the Sea of Galilee in a boat, and they were playing oceans for us. I mean, it was incredible. We were in the courtroom where Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. We were on the field where David defeated Goliath. Okay, so I tell you these things to tell you, we were in some amazing places. But one of the places we went on our itinerary was a preserve, like where trees grow. And we were gonna go there and plant a tree. And I'll be real honest, I was not super excited about this stop. But I thought to myself, oh, it'll be fine. You know, we'll walk. I mean, it's 90 degrees, but you know, it's fine. So we get off the bus at this preserve and we meet our guide and her name was Mikkel. Same, you know, I can't do it, but you can imagine. And immediately I really liked her. She was like really connected to the land and she began to tell us the history of this preserve, that it was a dream of a, of a family, a mom and a dad, that they had this dream to have this huge preserve right outside of Jerusalem where native plants could grow. But they weren't able to do it. Their son, though, took on the charge and he was able to get this land secured. And now they have this large preserve where they grow native plants to Israel. Well, as we're walking on this path, we come to an ancient vineyard. And there's an inscription on the post from Isaiah 5. And it's something like, my friend has a vineyard. And I said, oh, that's so crazy. I said, well, you know, our church, the vineyard, uh, is part of a movement, the vineyard movement. And we are also named from the book of Isaiah. And she goes, oh, that's so interesting. And she said, oh, would you read, would you read it to me? Would you read, um, I'm going to read it from here so I have the right translation. She said, would you read me the, the scripture uh, that, you, that your church is, is um, built on? And I said, oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to read that to you. So this is Isaiah 27, two and three, in case you didn't know, this is what it says. In that day, a pleasant vineyard, sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it, I keep it night and day. And when I got done reading, I looked up and she was looking right at me and she looked right into my eyes, but most, more so into my heart. And she said to me, ah, oh, the Lord is the vineyard's keeper. It will thrive again. You just need to have patience. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit descend on me and I, I began to just weep as I realized that the confusion and the worry and the cares of God, are you big enough? Are you big enough to help not only our church, but all these churches in our region and our movement thrive? And I knew that I knew that I knew that the Holy Spirit was revealing prophetically to me his heart for our house. 
And, and I, I'm like, I'm shook. I'm like standing there like, I mean, oh my goodness. And I, I'm crying and, and I look around and like no one else is feeling anything. And I'm like, <laughs> and this is often how it is with the Holy Spirit because he knows exactly what you need to hear. He knows what I had said yes to. He knows what my call is. And he said to me specifically, I am the vineyard's keeper and it will thrive. I water it night and day, lest no one punish it. Listen, this isn't about me. This isn't for my fame. This isn't for my glory. This is for him. This is for his kingdom. Because when these churches thrive, the kingdom expands and people know Jesus and their lives are set free. The Holy Spirit, he's not ours to keep, but he's ours to give away. And this is a gift. This is a deposit that, that we've been given. This house was birthed out of the Holy Spirit. I have never known a time that I did not know him. And this is my heart. This is my dream that we would raise a generation that always knows him. I believe that the Lord is the vineyard's keeper. And whatever you know, confusion or worry or pain that I try to hold on to when I release that to him, he comes and he reveals his heart to me. And he wants to do the same for each and every one of us where there is confusion in your life, where there is pain, where there is conflict, where there is crud. He actually wants to clear that away. He wants to reveal prophetically the Father's heart for you. He cares about your deepest needs and wants and desires, and he is on the move. He wants to reveal himself to you. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask that you stand if you're able, and we're gonna head into a time of worship where I'm just gonna invite him to come more fully. This is a journey we're gonna take together for the next six weeks, but we want him to reveal Jesus to us. We wanna see Jesus as bigger and better and more beautiful than we ever thought was possible. And so right now, just in a posture of just receiving, we say, Holy Spirit, come. You are the, you are the keeper, God, of the vineyard. And we thank you, God, for the ways you want to reveal things to us right now in this moment, where you wanna clear up confusion, where you wanna uncover and unveil what it was previously unknown. And we just say, come Holy Spirit, as we worship you, reveal yourself more fully in Jesus' name, amen.